Welcome to the Simwits Podcast. My name is Paul Hill. I'm joined today by my co-host, Ryan Fisher. What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about setting up your simulator, your wheel, and your game. So we're going to start with just the simulator. Most of you guys are new here, so that's probably going to be on a desk. I'm going to kind of let Ryan lead on this. I've never actually played on a desk for any sort of extended period of time. He has. So without further ado, Ryan Fisher, take it away. All right, so you've got your wheel, whether it's Logitech, Fanatec, Thrustmaster, whatever the case is, you've got your wheel. Now, what are, you, what are we going to mount it to? Are we going to mount it to a desk or are we going to mount it to a rig? Our case, if we're starting off new, starting off fresh, we're going to mount it on a desk or a table. Make sure the desk or table that you're mounting your wheel on is sturdy. It's important because the sturdier your desk, the better your force feedback effects will feel the better your steering inputs will be and your screen won't shake so you'll be able to hit your marks and everything lap after lap easier and easier so make sure that it's sturdy and after you make sure it's sturdy make sure you have a comfortable driving position now you're not going to get the comfortable driving position on the first try it's going to take tweaking i'm still tweaking on my rig Everybody tweaks on it. It just gets better and better. And the better it gets, the longer you'll be able to last at 100% before you start fatiguing yourself, which is, is pretty key. Exactly. You can just kind of focus on your driving a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, you don't have to focus I, about your pedals moving or anything. Speaking of pedals, that was going to be the one I wanted to kind of hit, hit home in this segment. because It doesn't matter if you're on a rig or a desk. Bracing your pedals is so key, guys. So um, I did not start on a desk like we talked about, but yeah. I did have like a little NASCAR play seat, which I keep referring to. It had like no sort of pedal racing ability at all. So I had to come up with my own, completely changed the way I played, made it so much more enjoyable. I ended up using a ratchet strap and literally ratchet strapping them to the frame of the uh wheel and or the wheel the play seat changed the entire outlook of sim racing for me a little bit i could just push on my brakes a lot more confidently could hit it more accurately just make sure you brace up get those pedals nice and sturdy yep so after you've gotten your pedals sturdy and everything and you're you're now comfortable Get your monitor as close to your face as is comfortable. Now, I would say inch it closer and closer. Don't go from across your room to right in front of your face because that's just going to be shocking and jarring and not going to be able to get used to it. But bring it as close as you can to your face. Like, if you're watching the YouTube video, like, I have one one finger of space in between my paddle shifter and my monitor. Like that's how close my wheel is to my monitor. But my face is also 18 inches from the monitor when I'm in, when I'm racing. So the closer you can get the screen to your face, the better your FOV will feel and the more immersed your simulator will feel. Yeah. So if, if you need to buy like a little desk, top mounted arm to swing your monitor out when you're sim racing because yep. i mean everyone you know you get most people 
I, I'm in the minority for only really playing racing games. Most people play Call of Duty and things. You may not want your monitor on that. So get like an adjustable arm you can throw it out with. So that way you can draw it in closer to the edge of your desk and can get set up correctly. Uh, I actually had to do that on my sim, one of my original rig setup. So I didn't start with an 8020. There was like a little bit of a middle ground where I had a cheap GTO mega rig. And they set the, for some reason, they set the monitor stand a mile back. And I ended up having to buy a TV wall mount with the 24-inch arm to swing my monitor right up against my steering wheel. So get creative with it, but just make sure you get that, that monitor as close as you can within reasonable metrics. You know, don't, like Ryan said, put it like an inch off your face, but get it as close as you can comfortably. Yeah, and like I said earlier, I'm we're just going to touch on FOV because it is a very very touchy talking point within the simulator community. I don't know why it's such a talk a, a touchy talking point. You're just trying to immerse yourself within your game. I don't know what's so I don't know what's so You're, bad about it. Like I don't know why it's yeah. so bad to talk about. But get your FOV straight. The better your FOV is, the better your immersion will be. You can be able to hit your marks. Everything will be as close to real life as it sh as it can be. I would say if you don't know how to do your FOV or anything about it, uh, David Samsoid has a very good video on it. Paul watched it. Didn't you? You've watched it a couple times, haven't you? I have, and he actually has a formula calculator like on his website when you go to it when you search samsoid fov calculator it'll pull right up on google yep as a for formula just do what the formula says even if everything he says in that youtube video goes over your head which is totally okay because it is confusing a little bit but watch it don't understand it just do the calculator do the measurements it'll make your life so much better um i did it it completely changed the way I raced because I used to push my field of view field of view and every new guy's going to do this too wide because you're trying to look out the whole dash, right? You're trying to see out all the windows, see your left side because you're nervous about people being on your left and you can't see them and things like that. And it completely creates, I have no other better way to describe it than like a fishbowl effect with the road and things happening around you. You just can't react correctly Everything looks warped and disproportional. The immersion's off, like Ryan said. So just do it. You might sacrifice a little bit of side view, depending on your setup, but it's definitely worth it to create a correct driving experience. So highly recommend it. David Samsoid, look it up, use it. That's pretty much all I have to say about field of view. And field of view, you can change it in car with the black box. So like if you want to feel what five clicks of like more field of view is you can very clearly feel that with um, a change in your black box so make sure you have keys set for black box scrolling so set hot keys it'll take forever but it's worth it yeah yeah i guess yeah we'll go ahead and kind of roll into in-game settings like you said hot keys being like the big topic of no matter what game you're in so you, you kind of have your desk set up. You have your field of view set up in the game. You've got your monitor set up. In-game settings, hotkeys. Yep. Super important, guys. Like you said, 
black box. That's yeah, we're going to reference iRacing a lot on this podcast, guys. I'm sorry for you ACC guys and everything else, but little black box basically it is your information it has all the all the things you need to know while you're racing while you're testing while you're practicing i think it takes six buttons right ryan to correctly set up on your on your steering wheel so you if you have like a logitech you might want to set up your d-pad and then like two clickers or something i don't know exactly yeah, the so layout. the black boxes you need uh you need two controls one to go forward and one to go back on the black boxes so that's two buttons then to scroll within the black box you need two more buttons to go up and down and then once you get to your selected option that you want to change you then have to have a plus and a minus to change that individual selections number so it basically it's six buttons to change to go up and down on your settings and within your black box or you can have a mouse right next to you, but that can be iffy depending on what your setup is. So definitely worth it. Set it up. Super key. Light discussion of other hotkeys I recommend. Pit limiter, of course. Yep. Your headlights, which is subjective, but flashing headlights can be useful at times. Yeah, and don't, then, don't abuse flashing headlights just because you have the button. Yes, please, jeez. Uh, and then there was one more, Ryan. What, what was the last one I'm missing here? We got pit limiter, flashing headlights. Oh, push to talk. Push to talk. Thank you, Ryan. In-game chat. In-game chat. So make sure you have that set up too. And some guys like to set up a mute button, but we're just getting now way off, way off in left field. But a mute button is nice at times. That pretty much covers up hotkeys when your in-game settings are, are being you know, spoke of. We're not really going to go over all the easy stuff iRacing has you do. Like, they walk you through it. So we're not really going to cover any of that. We just wanted to touch on hotkeys. So now that you've got your hotkeys set up, your game set up, your, your toys set up on the desk, here comes the most important part, your wheel settings. And they're going to be very subjective depending on what wheel you have, your driving style, I mean, there's just so much that goes into this, you can make it into a whole episode. But we're just going to try to keep it short and sweet and kind of consolidated. Ryan, how do you go about finding a baseline for your wheel? So I tend to go through a completely different thought process, like we've said before. I tend, My thought process, I made an analogy to this earlier, talking to Paul off camera. I tend to go about getting my information like I'm walking through the pits at a track day. Like, oh, I, I see this guy's Miata. I'm going to go look at that because I have one at home and I want to see what he did differently. Just talk to people about their, their equipment and their settings and try them. Like, like Paul says, these settings are mostly subjective. Like you can get 90% of the way there and then the last 10% is all personal feel. So. I say I go through, I usually look up like the wheelbase I want. So I've got that now. So I got the wheelbase I want. Now I'm going to do, okay, the SimMagic Alpha Ultimate wheelbase settings for iRacing. I'll scroll a couple pages of Google. I'll go to a couple Facebook groups and watch some YouTube videos. I just go through it in an organic way that makes sense to me, whereas that is completely different for Paul. 
like Ryan said, I do take a different approach than a lot of people, or not a lot of people than him, but I, I do more of a, a data dive. So Sim Magic is unique right now, where it kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. There's not as much data on these new wheels right now, but Fanatec, for example, which is what I started on, lots and lots of information, a lot of official information on their official websites, which is what I ran for a very long time. Word of the wise, they're great baselines, but don't take them as the gospel. I kind of did that for a very long time. I'm a very black and white person. So I just assumed that the official website was saying these are the best settings. They are. And uh, settings are very subjective. And I, I learned really quickly, I like a lighter steering wheel. Their steering wheel dampening settings were just a little too heavy for me. And I didn't really start learning that until I started hanging out with Ryan and racing with Ryan and trying some of the things because I trusted him with uh, settings. So make sure you know you, you get a good baseline. If you're on Fanatec, use the forum, but it's not the gospel. Definitely learn what those settings do. Even if you don't know how to adjust them yet, right? You haven't even started racing, right? Let's reference that right now. Yeah. You haven't even raced yet. You're just loading in your initial settings. But once you get comfortable with that, make sure you understand what they have like little descriptions on them. When you click on them, make sure you read them and really try to grasp them. And once you start driving, it'll start to click what they're talking about on those descriptions. But definitely take the time to read them and, and try to conceptualize them in your head. Yeah, if you learn what your sliders do and what the meanings of what they say they do, you'll be able to fine-tune the wheel to suit your specific driving style so you're not locked down to one driving style that probably is not going to be suited towards you. So learn your learn your settings so you can fine tune for yourself and down the road down the road and so it's just super important you do that and I will also say especially this may not apply to everyone here um that are listening to this podcast because some of you may not have any real world like HPD or road racing experience but a real big pitfall for me and I don't know if Ryan went through this I don't know if he had this thought process, but I kept trying to emulate my real cars in the sim that are not my car, right? There's you, no I mean, you, you caught me doing it when we got these wheelbases. You saw me trying to replicate my spec Miata with a complete manual rack. You saw me trying to replicate that. And as soon as I stopped that, I, I, I kept, I gained my speed back. Yep. So there's no 1999 Mazda Miata in iRacing, right? There's a GR86 with a sequential transmission that probably 100 people actually own in the world. Yeah. So keep that frame of mind when you're setting your settings, which is why looking at the data is very important and just making sure your steering wheel is not like what we call clipping, which we'll briefly summarize as trying to get too much power out of something that doesn't have that much power, basically. So make sure you're not clipping your steering wheel. And then you have a little bit of wiggle room with dampening and how heavy you want the steering wheel to feel, but you never want it so heavy that the steering wheel is maxing itself out. So keep that in mind when you initially start. This might be a little bit off, off in left field for this podcast right now, but it's just super important to hit home that you don't try to manipulate your settings once you start getting more comfortable 
into something that you've driven in the past or you're going to completely ruin your experience because you're never going to be able to get that right. It just can't be done. You can get close, it can but be, it's going but... to be costing you the price of the vehicle you're trying to replicate. Just wanted to touch on that. Um, you know, if it's good enough for the pros, I'm just going to say this. If it's good enough for the pros, right, the guy that drives the C7R, and he's like, yeah, man, it's super close. Don't think you know better. Just trust that that's how that car's supposed to feel and learn how to drive it. We say learn how to drive the car, and what we mean by that, this is our last talking point. It's a race car. Drive it like one. Don't drive it like Miss Daisy. Like, drive it like a race car. It's meant to be driven hard and pushed to its limits, and that's when you feel what the car actually feels like. So drive the car for its intended use. Yep. Set your game settings, set your wheel settings, where you can emulate what the car is supposed to feel like. Everything we're trying to do is emulating real life. That's what sim racing is, guys. So <laughs> That's amazing. When you're setting it up, try to keep that frame of mind. It's going to get frustrating. I can't tell you this is going to be the worst part of sim racing for you guys is just getting everything put together, having a preconceived idea of what you're about to experience, and then not hitting that because it takes adjusting. It takes tuning. It takes patience. So you're going to be super excited to get all your stuff together. And you might get a little deflated, but don't let it frustrate you. That's why we're making this podcast. We're trying to help you out, make it easier. But with that, I think that does kind of cover this episode for the day. So I'm going to say race hard, race smart, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.